Keep the smile and stay tuned on the radio dial with Sirius FM 105.7. Well, I tell you, so I beat you to the draw. I beat you to the draw, you and I. Jumaka then, ah, yeah, but I tell you, Mufti Ibrahim Smith is already here. He's taken his uh, cable way from the Tafelberg and he turned it towards the Sirius FM here in Ikurelene in the East Run. He's looking good, he's looking smart, he's looking powerful. Our very own Mufti Ibrahim Smith. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me, Mufti Saab, how are doing this fine? A beautiful Jumma morning. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Shafat, Yusuf and all our listeners out there, mashallah. A wonderful, blessed Jumma again. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has favored us, uh, the ummah, so that we can send abundant durood upon our beloved Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And at the same time, pray for the well-being of the ummah and pray for the well-being and the safety of our uh, beloved country, Shafaji. Yeah, alhamdulillah, I tell you, uh, Mufti Sabah, that uh, we must play, pray for our beloved ummah. And uh, as Alan Payton said, pray for the beloved country. Well, the beloved country or the leadership of this country is not P-R-A-Y-I-N-G, but the leadership is P-R-E-Y-I-N-G on its, uh, on its citizens. Uh, your thoughts, uh, Mufti Saab? I agree 100%. And, you know, I'm very, very uh, vocal about it. And I, I almost speak about it every Friday. I have to mention and conscientize the people about what is happening. And I know the looting. And then now we're having four to six hours load chaining. In fact, I was fearing that we won't have a show this morning because of the continuous load chaining. And we are being told that it can last up to 14 hours. They've requested us, Shafat, imagine that we have to pull two liter water bottles and freeze it and uh, keep it in our freezers to keep our meat and cold stuffs uh, cold, you know, when there is load shedding. You call this running a country. You call this uh, the, uh, actually destroying a country. And the beauty is that they will still send you your utility bill at the end of the month. And by giving you, you know, half the or three quarter the time or the, you know, or, or, or of the month, you have no electricity, you have no water and your meat has gone rotten. And sometimes you're getting sick and you're wondering why your kids got runny tummy or they got tummy ache and gastroenteritis and all that because of uh, load shedding, uh, Mufti Saab. And then your appliances fly also. The things start uh, uh, packing up, you know. There is no, uh, but we Muslims, we don't deal in insurance. Uh, many people saved up thousands of rents just to buy a fridge, buy a freezer, etc. So these people have absolutely no uh, brains in how to run a country successfully. They have all the resources. They, there's mismanagement. All of these things happening, Shafat, that are slowly and slowly that uh, I think we're following uh, the likes of Zimbabwe and other uh, African countries where there are dictatorships in play. Just here, yeah, our dictatorship, they are disguised as a democracy. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remove them and replace them with better leaders for us, inshallah. Ji. Absolutely. And uh, perhaps, uh, you know, many of the elders used to say the congregation deserves the priest and the priest deserves the congregation. Is that a scenario applicable to us today? Yes, it is. You know that I just said yesterday, I said uh, that as much as we criticize the leadership today, our sins has played a, 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 a contributing part into the leadership that we have today. So if we start sinning less and making more istighfar, then only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us favorable conditions and a good leadership. But if we continue to support those who support evil and vice and, and, and go against every prohibition, 
that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited. See, everything goes nowadays, Shabbat, that are pro-LGB, pro-interfaith, pro-this, pro-that. Everything has become a norm, and then we're crying about load shedding. Uh, the darkest hour for us is yet to come, and that is where there's absolutely no current, and there's no electricity, and that is the darkness of the grave. We should be more worried about uh, enlightening that grave than worrying about putting light into our homes in this life, G. Uh, looking at your questions, this one says, Assalamu alaikum, a customer booked an Umrah ticket and was issued with it. Now he wants to cancel it uh, after it was paid for. Who is liable for that ticket? The company already paid uh, for it, um, Muftizar. Well, this, uh, they uh, got into an agreement. So there was an agreement, there was a sale. Uh, the customer requested a specific uh, ticket. The ticket was issued, uh, I think, most probably in the name of the customer as well. And uh, so the company had to pay for the ticket, the company to pay for the seat and whatever is inclusive in that Umrah ticket. So here the client, uh, the customer will be liable uh, for the ticket uh, after cancellation. You know, if there is no cancellation agreement put in place, then the client will still be liable for that because the company already paid in advance for the ticket, so the customer needs uh, to pay for the ticket, whether he cancelled or whether he's going on that Umrah trip or whether he finds something cheaper uh, that is of no consequence to that, the customer remains liable for that. G. Assalamu alaikum, uh, Mufti Saab. If I have an ATM machine and I change uh, and I charge a service fee for using it, is it a permissible income? Hey, the the the, the cult lot dance in the machine. Yes, it is permissible, just like it is permissible to rent out uh, a space for uh, an ATM machine inside your shop. It is also permissible to charge a service fee because that thing doesn't uh, run on water, Shafat. It uses electricity. It uh, uses uh, so many other things, you know, and uh, it is occupying space as well. So you are allowed to charge a service fee for using the ATMG. Yeah, don't go and put a lot of machine now. Say, hey, Mufti, the ATM machine. I'll put a lot of machines. <laughs> there. occupying space there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm going to pass up, eh? I want to pass up. Very Assalamu alaikum. Can a couple who is engaged uh, visit and talk to one another? Hmm. Mufti Saab. You know that uh, engagement, sometimes people have a misconception about engagement, thinking that everything is uh, okay, hunky-dory, it is legal now. An engagement is only a promise to get married. It is not marriage itself. So you cannot engage in a conversation, in courting, in all these other uh, prohibited actions uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited. Nothing of that is permissible for you. You have to get married. There needs to be hijab in Kabul, uh, proposal and acceptance and uh, stipulation of dowry. All these things need to happen. And then you will have a real marriage. And then you can do what you want to but uh, making a promissory note or just saying that you promise to, to uh, bury a certain person at a future date, that it is. It is only a promise. So everything that is haram still remains haram, G. Now, Mufti, you sound like a top business economics uh, lecturer. You said promissory note. Isn't that... <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know why I said promissory note, Shafat? You yes, are because a sometimes, sometimes they do it now via, uh, via Skype and they do it online. Sometimes it is not done physically in person as well, you know. Uh, so sometimes it is done via letter, via writing, via email. So all of these modern technologies uh, sort of crept into the Ummah. And as such, we need to broaden the horizons of the 50 aspects. So when we speak, then we have to include this uh, like promissory note, you know. So uh, 
uh, that will give a people, people a clearer understanding of all the different, different avenues that it is allowed uh, to give a, a proposal and uh, to accept a proposal as well, G. Yeah, I want to buy a bullion. I want to buy gold. That's my promissory note. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got a couple of millions there. That's a promissory note. Well done. <laughs> uh, are Muslims allowed to pray for non-Muslims? Yeah, by praying, if you can pray for their guidance, you can pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give them hidayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes them enter into Islam. If they are sick, you can ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant them uh, uh, well-being as well. You know, that is praying. That is as far as we are allowed uh, uh, to do, and that is also uh, a human thing to do, Shafat. So yes, Islam does not have a problem if a Muslim prays for a non-Muslim for his guidance, G. Mufti Saab is... Uh uh, what's this? Yeah, a little lower, Yusuf. Mufti Saab, is trophy hunting uh, uh, sports permissible? Hey, a lot of hunters around. Talk to us, Mufti. It is hunting season, yes. So trophy hunting, if a person goes out and hunts buffalo or catches fish, etc., and uh, the person does not consume it, then it is not permissible. Because now you're taking that animal uh, as target practice, and Rasulullah Sallam has uh, prevented and prohibited us from uh, doing that, you know, taking it as gharadan, says the hadith as a target. So you cannot do that. If you're going to hunt with the intention to slaughter and uh, to eat, consume that animal, even if you give sadaqah of that meat, then only it becomes permissible for you to hunt. But hunting and uh, just leaving it there to die, leaving the carcass there, or to take pictures and show that you brought down this lion and this bull, whether the animal is edible or whether the animal is consumed according to us, or whether it is a predatory animal, it is not permissible to do trophy hunting uh, from that perspective, Shivaji. Now, Mufti Saab, there are certain hunters that go on to this uh, hunting, uh, or the hunter, giraffe, or so forth, and they bring it down. But what they do, Mufti Saab, they take the meat and all that and they give it to the poor. Uh, in, 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 in that case, what happens? If you give it, if you hunt it with the intention of eating, or you hunt it with the intention of feeding, then it is permissible. Uh, so if it is from the permissible animals that we are allowed to consume, then that action actually becomes sadaqa and charity. So there's some reward for you in that also, because you can feed poor people through the meat, even though you're not consuming and eating it yourself, G. Now, Mufti Saab, this is a big question. You're shooting a big giraffe, right? Isn't you have to make zaba? If you hit it in the head, it's dead same time. Talk to me, Mufti. Yes, yes it depends on what caliber bullet uh, you are using, Shifat. So sometimes they're using stun, stun uh, bullets, you know, and uh, sometimes it is only to bring the giraffe down. So before the thing bleeds out or before the thing dies, you have that few seconds only to make double of that. And then when you make double of that, then only it becomes permissible. However, if you've shot the animal and the animal died on impact, you shot its brains out, etc., then that is meta, that is canyon, that is not permissible for you to consume. It is not even permissible for you uh, to cut it up and feed poor people or give it to other people. Because remember, carrion is prohibited in Islam. It is explicitly mentioned in the Quran. So make sure that you have sufficient time to slaughter the animal as well, G. Yeah, yeah. Spot on, Mufti Saab. Spot on. Please ask a Mufti. All our Muslim schools are going out on a year-end function. Is it permissible? The teachers, alims, and um, uh, the Muslimas, uh, uh, what example... Are they to our youth and non-Muslims? Please, don't mention my name. Jazakallah. Hey, yeah. Uh, James, we don't, James is there. He doesn't want his name we, mentioned. James Bond. Okay, James go ahead. Bond, yes, uh, Shavad, James Bond. 
Well, no, we don't mention names, but nevertheless, they're not setting an example. They're setting an example of evil and vice because now you're allowing intermingling of sexes. And of course, the upper will speak to the Maulana, the Maulana will speak to the upper, and it will be a free for all, you know, as it casual. There's nothing wrong with that. So all of these things doesn't come from an Islamic perspective. This is taken from year-end parties, uh, office parties, uh, high school parties, matric balls, and then they want to Islamatize it. Uh, by giving it an Islamic flavor to show that it is permissible. So even for an Islamic school, you should know better. If you want to give something, then cook food and give it to your students, you know, make them sit separately and let them eat, enjoy and make dua for you. There is no need for you to go on such excursions. And then you want to call people like me and other ulama. You call us old-fashioned. You call us uh, that uh, we're not uh, progressive. Uh, that we're not allowing fun in Islam. It is not about fun. It is about looking into the future and seeing what the possible consequences and outcome of, of this will be. There will be intermingling and that will lead to zina. That will lead to chatting and cheating, exchanging of phone numbers and all of these haram. So in Islam, we have to close the doors that leads towards haram and shafat. That's why we will say that avoid such uh, functions. It will lead to corruption and it will lead to broken marriages as well. Can a husband delegate the right of divorce to his wife? Yes, a husband can do so. In Arabic, it is called tafweed. Tafweed is when uh, the husband gives power of divorce, like how you give power of attorney, when he hands it over to his wife. Now, when he gives her this power of divorce and she executes it there, and then, then one divorce will fall, meaning divorce will be counted, it will be valid. That is when the husband transfers power of divorce because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given uh, power of divorce into the hands of the husband and not into the hands of the wife. The wife, if she wants to exit the marriage, there are other avenues like a fasakh, a termination or legal separation. And then there's kula also, whereby she will return a dowry or a mutual amount they will agree upon and she will exit the marriage. So in this case, that weed or delegation of power of divorce to the wife, that is permissible, G. Mufti Sahaba, can we support Islamic organizations financially whose akira is corrupt and who support open transgression of Allah's laws? See, now, when you speak about akira, akira is our core belief system, and you should know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will only accept us into Jannah if we come with that pure akira, you know. إِلَّا مَنْ أَتَ اللَّهَ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٍ says the Qur'an except those people who come to Allah with a pure heart, with firm, pure aqidah. So when you're giving financial support to organizations that uh, does not have similar aqidah to you, so then you are supporting their aqidah as well, and you are promoting them so that they can perpetuate and continue. Instead of stopping their batil, you are supporting them. And then when you support organizations that support interfaith and LGBTQP and all these other evil advice, you are supporting sin and transgression. So uh, you are actually perpetuating that you need to put a stop to that as well. Otherwise, you will be a partner in all the crimes and future crimes that they commit. So it is really serious out there to see who you support financially and who are the people of heart and the people of truth, you know. And if you are unsure, then discuss all of these matters with your local alim uh, and he will inform you better, inshallah, yeah, Mufti Sahib, and then they find that old Chacha will say, but what is Akida is like? Has Chacha the right to question uh, his neighbor's Akida?
Yes. Yes, uh, Shafat, you know, so, so that's why I'm saying that uh, people, especially what matters uh, regarding Aqidah, because if a person Aqidah is wrong, that can take him out of the fold of Islam also. So uh, when you're supporting that, you're supporting uh, his exit out of Islam. So we have to be very, very staunch when it comes to matters uh, related to Aqidah also, G. Yeah, okay, we leave it at that. Mufti, is it permissible to perform Umrah or Tawaf whilst pushing a pram or a stroller? And a howling baby. Yes, it is permissible for you to perform your tawaf uh, uh, and your sa'i. You can do all of that. Uh, you know, there's no penalty. There's no dumb when you're using uh, a stroller or you're using a pram. Uh, in fact, it is even better than carrying the baby on your hands uh, or in your arms. For that matter, Shafat, because seven rounds you have to do, you know. And then it's sa'i also, that's about 3.4 kilometers. So it's not easy for a female Whereas an infant uh, that soul needs to do all of those uh, particular umrah rituals. The most easiest way would be for to use a stroller or a prem G. Mufti Sahib, many company uh, gives uh, gifts uh, during December to their loyal customers. Can we accept such gifts, uh, Mufti? Uh, Shafat, yes, I know of many companies, you know. And uh, no, Shafat, that the Sirius won't be giving you and me any Christmas gifts because we are not uh, part of people who follow those trends of uh, taking and accepting gifts. But for those companies that will be getting gifts or will be receiving gifts, you have to ask yourself the question, is the gift of a permissible nature? Is it not alcohol? Is it not haram items, etc.? So if it is none of that, then you may use it, you may accept it, and you can keep it or you can give it away. But if it is something haram like wine, liquor, or liquor, chocolates, etc., then refuse it. Do not accept it in the first instance. Instead of taking it and you having to destroy it at the end of the day, you know, but like they tell them that these things are prohibited in our religion, please uh, that, uh, take it away from us, G. Yeah, but you'll have the Ferrero Rocher. And the Toblerone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Give me that. I want to have my tobler on with that pyramid shape. Yeah, it was made in Egypt. <laughs> on the light. Mufti <laughs> uh, Saab, uh, Discovery Health reports a 200% increase in heart disease claims. Any comments? Yes, that's shocking. The 200% increase. And this is just now after the COVID period, Shafat. So what does it tell you? It tells you that the vaccines are directly responsible for all of these things, you know that yesterday I saw a sad post that people still calling us conspiracy theorists after all the information came out in uh, public light, after they were exposed for not testing it on humans, etc. People still fail uh, to believe us and they're still running for the killer shots. So that is very, very sad. Now, 200% increase in heart complications. That means that, uh, you know, that uh, it will have an impact on these people's lives. It will be fatal at the end of the day. So this is myocarditis and all these other uh, inflammation of the heart. So it is something serious that has to be uh, studied, you know, but it's, it's not like they were forewarned. Myself and many, many other people spoke out against us for the last two years or so. And uh, people were asking us, where's your medical qualifications? Today, I can tell them, go ask Discovery Health, where was their medical qualifications when they encouraged people to take the vaccine shot? And now they're making excuses and saying, this is not related to the vaccine. Then explain to us, how did it go up to 200% G? Is it uh, only sooner for men to shake hands with men? Oh, is it sunnah for women also, Mufti? It is sunnah for both. It is sunnah for men to shake hands with one another. 
and it is sunnah for females also to shake hands with one another. And it is completely haram for men to shake the hands of, of uh, strange females or for females to shake the hands of strange males. Remember that, you know, that sometimes we make a, a mockery and a joke of it and we're taking it very, very lightly uh, by touching them, etc., or they touching us. So these things are completely haram. But musafaha, it is called in Arabic, so making musafaha, uh, greeting one another by shaking hands, that is sunnah for both males and females. Mufti Sahaba, can we sisters have our own Jumma where we can give our own kutbah and bayan with sisters only? It is such a lovely thing to do, but uh, we need your permission. Mufti, how do you react to sister there? Hey, Shafat, I can't give permission. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives permission. Rasulullah sallam gives permission. I am merely a narrator of the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm only an informer. I inform about the laws of Allah. I do not make halal and I do not make haram. So Jumu'ah is not compulsory upon females. What they should do is they should perform Salatul Duhr in the comfort of their own homes. Imagine they still have that option. They have the comfort of their own homes where no strange men will see them and uh, they can uh, perform their uh, Salatul Duhr. And then now you get the radio receivers as well. So many, many Jumu'ah are broadcast live. They can even have the option of choosing which Jumu'ah to listen to. So all these modern technology available to ease and facilitate them, Shafat, instead of starting something new now by congregating together and then having one female uh, giving the lecture, etc. So the, these uh, type of actions, you know, as much as it sounds nice and wonderful and glorious, these are all whispers of shaitan. And uh, this is how we will ensnare different people, so be careful, G. Yeah, pass off, eh? Pass off, as Mufti says. No bidat. No, keep away from bidat. What is the reward for fasting the white days of the month, 13th, 14th, and 15th, Mufti? Yes, correct, 13th, 14th, and 15th. So in Arabic, it's called ayamul bid. And in English, it is called the white days. So the reward for that is like a person who has fasted the entire year. Because for fasting one day, it is the equivalent of, of 10 times 10. You know, the action is multiplied times 10. So one day is like fasting 10 days. So three days fasting is like fasting 30 days. And if you fast it every month, it will be like you fasted the entire year. Can you imagine the great reward that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept for those people who observe and uphold this wonderful, glorious sunnah of fasting on the 13th, the 14th, and the 15th. So three days of fasting, the equivalent of 30 days of fasting in the reward. Doing it every month, then mean, meaning you will have the reward of fasting the entire year, G. Mufti, are Muslims allowed to say season's greetings? Mufti? In fact, we cannot say season's greetings. It is not our season. What season are they talking about? A Formula One season, soccer season, cricket season, festive season, facade season, sunny season, or financial season, load shedding season. We don't know what season it is anymore, Shafat. When you say seasons, greetings, you are actually condoning the festivities of uh, the, uh, these other denominations, you know. And we've been uh, warned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not to support uh, sin and transgression. Do not support one another in sin and transgression. Uh, we cannot make uh, such comments and say that uh, seasons, greetings, uh, Muslims uh, should refrain from that. G. Maybe say, may Allah give you hidayat greetings. How's that, Mufti? 
That is even better. You can say, may Allah guide you. You can say, that may Allah bring you into the fold of Islam. Or, you know, something like that, uh, that uh, brings them close and reminds them of the, the adamat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like the greatness of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is a real dua we should be making for these people to enter into the fold of Islam in, uh, instead of exchanging gifts. Or Remember the time, uh, Shafat, when her families used to send Christmas cards, you know, neighbors used to send you uh, Christmas cards as well. So all these practices sort of crept into the Ummah. Unfortunately, uh, that uh, came to, to an end also. Nowadays, everything is done digitally and electronically, so they're sending it to you via WhatsApp in the form of posters and pictures now also. That should be avoided as well, G. Now, I told you, Mufti Saab, you got an elephant's memory, eh? Those years. <laughs> yeah, when it was Eid. Now, listen, they'll put a big line across and eat cards. Hey, they will yes. put it with the pegs. And every other, hey, it card came from India. This came from Joburg. And that came from Cape Town. And that came from Port Elizabeth. And that came from every, and there used to be hundreds and hundreds of cards. And there should be that old lady or the old man will come with a bag. And it was about eat time and the eat cards. They used to make booming business. But it's done in so much of innocence, Mufti Saab. Talk to me. Yes, Shafat, not only that, even your Christian neighbors, your Hindu neighbors used to send you these type of cards, you know, <laughs> that is when people had the respect, they had the respect for Islam, they had the respect, you know, and, uh, but then that also died and faded out, and uh, that's why I'm saying today everything has become digital, so nowadays they're sending you these posters via WhatsApp and uh, via email and via this and via that, you know, Instagram, etc., but that tradition also passed out, it has faded. Uh, that eat cards nowadays we're sending it, you know, I send you Ibu Barak message. It's not even posters anymore. We're sending stickers on WhatsApp nowadays. They're the Ibu Barak stickers, you know. So that is how much uh, the world has, uh, has, has evolved from that time until now, G. I tell you, what a memory you shared with us, Mufti Saab. Those were <laughs> the years. I mean, that, uh, I mean, the non-Muslim neighbors say, oh, Auntie Khalima. You know what you call that key or something. Hey, buy a moy. And she was giving you a hint. Yes. And she said, hey, your cook sisters, hmm, buy a smart liquor, eat no. And they were, they were giving you the hint. And there was just like a camaraderie, all that has dissipated. It was quite innocent fun. But uh, Mufti Saab, as we, you know, get, uh, many say this, as we get more uh, conscientized or more educated and as we uh, have uh, more scholars coming through, it seems as if we are being more confused and uh, there's so much of infighting, uh, not amongst uh, the ordinary people, but the so-called scholars. I mean, you just saw uh, on, 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 on uh, social media, there's a big para there somewhere in Josie. I don't want to mention the place, but there's a para and the swearing words and everything fighting over territories, fighting over, you know, where they build the, uh, the, the different types of institutes. What's going on, Mufti? Yes, that was very, very sad, you know. And then the broadcast of all this evil, that is the person that should be taken to task that are reporting uh, on Muslim matters. We found them in during the time of COVID also. Uh, you had people that are uh, Muslim stats. Uh, the, no one had Hindu stats and Jewish stats and this stats, but they were just reporting on Muslims uh, that were dying. And now also you have all these so-called crime reporters uh, reporting on crimes and then giving wrong information to the Muslims. So that was a backyard dwelling masjid that people were fighting in throwing first at one another. It's a very, very ugly thing. It should be condemned in the strongest uh, possible manner, you know, for Muslims to behave like that. Uh, and then for a masjid, you know, 
the if, if the foundations is like that, Shafar, then when will there ever be unity in a masjid like, like, like that? And who wants to read in a masjid like that? And thus, a video most probably will circulate and recirculate for years to come. So the, uh, the sin is on the person who started sending out this uh, message or this video or this tweet, etc. He should be condemned. He should be taken to task, uh, always spying and looking, uh, uh, you know, at Muslim matters and putting, you know, what he said, putting the South African Muslim community in a bad light. And uh, some of these people have a habit of doing that. And this is my opinion that uh, they should be taken to task for what they are doing to our Muslim Umarji. Well said there, Mufti. Hey, but if they check your right hook and your left hook, they would have never done that. They'll just check you there. (laughs) No, no, no. No paras here. Mufti Ibrahim Smith is in town. Mufti Saab, absolutely, mashallah, beautiful indeed. Your parting words this morning. Shavar, special to us, you know, I'll join you later on on another platform. Then immediately after that is our Khatmul Bukhari Jalsa. Then immediately after that, I have to give Juma Abayan. And immediately after Juma Abayan, I'm flying out to Brits, those people in the Brits area tonight. There's one Jalsa happening in the Brits Jami Masjid. I am the invited guest speaker, so I'm looking forward uh, to meeting the community of Brits to let us. When you fly to, you're going to talk in the Brits Masjid, you come there. And the Brits from Britain, Ibrahim, <laughs> well, you, you, through a ritual hour comes in, our Mufti A.K. Hussein will be giving khutbah from the...